got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 43. As I said already, today is a very special day because we get to partake of the Lord's Supper together as a family, but also we get to welcome a new family member into the house of God and the people of God. As a matter of fact, as I look down here right now in front of me, and she's standing there in front of Karen trying to get into her Bible, she doesn't seem too concerned about what we're doing. And that's a good thing. Uh, But what a joy it is as these little ones are born to parents who have that desire to want to raise them with the people of God in the house of God, teaching them what thus uh, saith the Lord. So, James and Deanna, I want you to know that as we gather here today, I'm proud of you for this step of faith that you've taken. You see, God has given to you a new thing. Now, it's an important thing. It's much more than a thing, but it is a new thing. And that's what we're going to read about today, church, because as we stand on this uh, beginning of 2019, If you'll remember last week, we talked about finishing faith and just how I was blessed with the response to that message and how, you know, the altar was full and people all over this auditorium got up and uh, took a step of faith and, you know, received the the Bible reading plan, the read through the Bible, read through the New Testament, made some type of commitment uh, to God. God wants to do in each of us a new thing. This past Wednesday, Brian Gregg led the Bible study on Wednesday night and he spoke out of the Gospel of John. happens to be my favorite book in the Bible. As a matter of fact, he used John chapter number one, which happens to be my favorite chapter in the Bible. And he happened to use John chapter one, verses one through 14, which happens to be my favorite verses in my favorite book out of the favorite chapter of the Bible. But in that chapter, it says in the beginning uh, was the Word. And the Greek word there, because you see there's something that's a little bit different about the Gospel of John. All the other Gospels, uh, indeed most of the New Testament, was originally written in what would be called Aramaic, or it was a kind of the common person Hebrew language, and it was translated into Greek. But for some reason, John, who was fluent in both Hebrew and Greek, chose to wrote the Gospel of John in Greek originally. And I believe there was one reason that he did that. Probably many, not least of being the Holy Spirit directed him and led him to do that. But one reason is John used this Greek word called logos. In the beginning was the logos in Greek that we translate into word. And that is a a good translation because that word, I'm going to pick this up because it's bothering me. That word that we translate, uh, or that Greek word, logos, that we translate into word, literally simply does mean word, but it's much more than that. You see, it's the truthful word. It's the complete word. 
It could even be, or you could even go so far as to say that it is the mind of God, the logic of God, the thought of God that proceeds through the truthful spoken, spoken word that created the universe and all that we see around us, even you and I as we gather here this morning. The truthful spoken word of God. In the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and earth. How did he do that? He said, let there be light. And there was light. And one of the greatest things about that is when he had finished that, the Bible says that God said, it is good. So we can say something like this. When out of the truthful spoken, spoken word of God, something takes place, then we can say like God that it is good. I was telling Brian, talking to him after that, because my mind goes in all uh, different directions that 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 word logos word I believe is the image of God in us the truth of God the mind of God the logic of God is the image of God in us so what did that logos do well the Bible says that it created the universe that it literally uh, the mind of God spoke it into existence so you could say it's something like this that the Logos, God, confronted the nothingness of potential and spoke that which is not into that which is. Now, as we're standing this first Sunday of 2019, that's what's in you. And, and God gives us the ability to confront the potential that's laid out in front of us and literally through the spoken truth of God's word, speak that which is not into that which is. Now you think about that thing as we see this little girl standing here playing on the floor in front of it, not too concerned really about what we're doing today, but listen, church, she will be one day. She's not going to stay a little girl. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and, and favor and stature with God and men. And the exact same thing is going to happen to her. And you and I as a church, Deanna and James, you and I as a, as a or you two as a mama and as a daddy, as grandparents, have within you the ability... Now you stop and think about this, the awesomeness of this, but not just the awesomeness, the, the wonder and the amazement to take the truth of God's word in this little girl's life and speak that which is not into that which is. Wow. Church, we've got that same responsibility to this little girl as well. I mean, God's given her to, to these two parents, and, and, but it's not just that. He's also given this little girl to us and, and to the Oak Hill community and to Burke County and to the state of North Carolina and, and to the country of the United States of America and to this earth that we live on so that as we demonstrate that in front of her, she can grow up and then begin to speak that which is not into that which is because she was created with the image of God in her. Well, we got that new opportunity this year, beginning of 2019. I can look back 
and see those things that God's done in 2018 and think, wow. I mean, I literally saw someone raised from the deathbed instantly off of a hospital bed and just a couple of hours, a few hours later, walk out of the hospital in their own power and I saw God do that thing, but it will not suffice for 2019. I need to see God do something new in 2019 and so do you. So we have a little danger there. You see, it's good to look back and think, wow, what's God done? And and we need to praise him for those things. But we also need to look forward and say, God, you've got a new thing for us, something better, something I've never seen before, something that will take us from where I am to where you want me to be. And that's what Isaiah is writing about here in Isaiah chapter number 43. Hopefully you've got your Bibles there. Isaiah chapter number 43. We'll begin reading at verse number 18. Look what the Bible says here. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. As we begin this new year, that's what I find God here telling the children of Israel in Isaiah uh, 43, that he's got something new for them and I believe, church, this morning he's saying to us, yes, 2018's been good and I've blessed you and I've helped you and you've seen me do amazing things, but I've got something new for you this year. So what do you need to do to receive that gift that I've got for you? Trust that the Logos, the image of God is in you and you've got the potential to confront the nothingness of 2019 and speak that which is in, or that which is not into what is. And when you do that, you can stand back and say, it is good. Listen, not everybody walked in this room this morning with 2019 looking rosy and I'm well aware of that. I mean, there's problems around this building. There's people that are facing health issues, financial issues, uh, social issues, issues in their workplace, whatever that looks like. But I want to tell you something this morning, that God's got something new for you and it's something that if we'll let him and speak the truth of his word, uh, that it will be better than what we've experienced in the past. So I want to look at three characteristics of this new thing this morning as we think about what a wonderful day this is as we begin 2019. Number one, God's declaration of a new thing. It's found in verses 18 and 19. Listen to this. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God's declaration of a new thing. The children of Israel, they'd seen God do a lot. You know all those stories. Uh, They find themselves, they're over here now. The king's dead, Isaiah uh, he, he's the prophet now in Israel and they're whining, they're crying around because they said old things were so good in the past. What's the future going to look like? And God begins to speak to them and said, listen, don't continue to look back in the past. Church, this uh, this 
uh, community up here has been blessed for almost 200 years now from Zion Baptist Church being up on this hill. And untold people have walked through the doors of this church and untold numbers of people have been visited uh, through this church. And there's been unknown uh, numbers of ministries done, sick people counseled and, and, and their hearts lifted because of this church. Christmas presents given to little children. Mamas and daddies that have come back into the house of God and, and stopped drinking and stopped stop using drugs and begin to be what God wanted them to be. But I've got something to share with you this morning. That's not enough for 2019. Those things are in the past and we want to say, hey, God this morning, I know you've got something new for us and it's something better and it's something that if I put my mind to it, I could not even imagine. That's what he says right here. Look, don't remember those things that were in the past. Yes, uh, praise me for them and we want to be grateful for them and all of that. But listen, I will do a new thing and it shall spring forth. So he's making a declaration there. I promise you, I give you my word that if you'll trust me, I will do something new. Well, what's he going to do? He says, I'll make a way in the wilderness. Where you sit right here this morning, you may not understand how God's going to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be. But this promise that he makes to the children of Israel that I believe stands for us this morning as well is simply this. If you'll trust me and speak the truth, the Logos, the image of God that's in you, uh, that you know to be true, that where there does not look like a road, where there does not look like a way, it's wilderness as you sit there and look at it with your natural eye, I will make a way in that wilderness. So what's he saying? Doesn't matter where you are. If you'll trust me, I'll get you to where you need to go. But not only that, look what he says. Not only will I make a way in the wilderness, I'll put forth rivers in the desert. So hey, I'll get you there, but I will take care of you along the way. The children of Israel were very familiar with what it was like to be in the desert and to be thirsty and to not know where the next drink of And I want to tell you something. If you're in the desert and there's no water around, all the other problems of life fade very quickly into the area of nothingness and water becomes all important very, very quickly. And so that's no accident that he used this metaphor here to describe and say to us, if you'll trust me and, and, and let me make a way as you move forth into this new time, not only will I get you there, but I will meet all of your most essential needs as you're along this journey if you'll simply trust me. That's not always easy to do. They were in the desert. There's not much water in the desert. But what did he do? He made water spring forth out of a rock. And rocks don't give water. He did the impossible so that the people of God would be taken care of as they were along the journey. Well, God's doing something new. This little girl, Miss Adeline Faith Puckett. We're living in a world. I heard somebody make this statement the other day. I don't even know if I want to bring children into this world that we're living in. What an awful thing to say. What a slap in the face of God. He told us to fill the earth, be fruitful, and multiply. He didn't say look at the political landscape or the cultural landscape and decide whether or not it's appropriate or not to bring children into this world. He said do it, and that's taking that step. And I promise you, if you'll simply speak forth the truth of God, 
into this little girl's life that he will make a way in the wilderness and that he will bring forth water even if it has to be out of a rock to take care of her. And church, some of the things that we look at and seem impossible. I mean, do we want to reach Oak Hill community and, and, and see, you know, 150 people baptized in 2019 and, and, and our Sunday school numbers finally and, and for good break through that 200 barrier and then begin to see 300 as a goal in Sunday school. That looks impossible, but if we'll simply trust the declaration of a new thing that God has given uh, and, and begin to move forward in faith, he can do that new thing. Number two, God's motivation for a new thing. It's found in verses 20 and 21. Listen to what it says. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons, the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. God's motivation for a new thing. Well, number one is he wants to satisfy us. He wants to meet our needs. He wants us to be uh, to dwell in his goodness and be pleased with the good gifts that he's given us. James said something like this. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. God's motivation for a new thing is to satisfy us, to meet our needs, to draw us closer to Him so that we can stand back and say, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be a child of God. He's met my needs. And, and, and as I stand back and look and think of my life and what my future is going to look like, I can trust in Him because He wants to satisfy my needs. But number two, to glorify Himself. Look what it says here in verse 21. The, this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. God's motivation for a new thing. Listen, church, he wants to satisfy us. And so many people today think this thing called Christianity, this taking up your cross and following Jesus is something to be dreaded, something that causes us to have a frown on our face and we just drudge along day after day doing it. But no, that's not God's idea of being a follower of Him. He wants us to be a satisfied people that's happy and joyful and filled with the goodness of God so we can say it is good to follow Him. But not only that, when that happens, we praise His name and glorify Him. And I want to close with this. God's expectation in a new thing. It's found in verses 22 and onwards there. The Bible says, But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. But thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices, and I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with the incense. God's expectation in a new thing. First church, he wants us to understand that we failed. You see, the Bible says something like this, all, not most, not some, uh, not even 99.999%, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we need to understand that we failed. Man has failed in his service and his uh, willingness to see God who he is, to speak that which is not into that which is by trusting in the truth, uh, truthful word of God. So I would say something like this. As you step out into 2019, the greatest thing you could do here this morning is to ask yourself have I truly
place my faith and my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's a question that I never want to quit asking. Why? Because I've seen 60-year-old men and 70-year-old men who have heard it over and over and over and over again. And then one day as they look back over their lives, they finally and suddenly realize that, yes, I'm a sinner. And a sinner needs a Savior. So I need to do something about that. Well, God's already did all he, he can do in that department. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross. Why did he go to the cross? Well, because of man's failure, sin had to be paid for. God's a just God and he can't overlook sin. So somebody needed to pay for the sin of the world. Well, God said, you can't do it. I'll do it myself. So he became flesh. Lived a perfect life in the form of Jesus Christ. God himself in the flesh went to the cross. And on that cross, God poured out the wrath for all sin, past, present, and future upon his son. Well, he died. They took him down. Placed him in a tomb. Went back on the third day. He's going to anoint him with all that stuff so he wouldn't get to stinking. And lo and behold, guess what? He was gone because he was God, because he was the perfect uh, God-man. The grave was empty. He'd got up. The same power that had created the universe caused him to get up from the grave. So, and that step of speaking that which is not into that which is, we've got to realize and understand that we failed. But not only that, we need to see in that God's forgiveness. Look what the Bible says in verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be, mayest be justified. You see, God's greatest desires we gather here this morning, church, is that every person in this room would leave justified declared innocent so maybe if you're here this morning and you're still bearing the weight of your sin upon yourself come uh, to this altar and say preacher I want to be saved place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and you can leave justified your sin completely wiped out and done away with but Christian if you're here this morning and you're carrying a burden you're carrying a load that God did not intend for you to carry you can do what the word says and cast your cares upon him because he cares for you and say, Lord, I can't handle this thing alone and he will pick up that load and help you along the journey. He'll even provide water out of a rock and a way where there is no way through the wilderness. This little girl, so sweet with her little teething rings. and Pick her up there, James, and show her to everybody. I want everybody to see. Look how pretty. And she don't care for the, I'm telling you what, everything we've said, whew, right over her head. Make that right, little Miss Eddie. Yeah, did you see her grin at me? Yeah. But the fact is, one day she's going to need a Savior. And it's up to you and I to live in such a way that when that day comes, she sees that it means something to us. Thank you, James. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to leave you standing there. Man's failure. But 
thank God for his forgiveness. So James and Deanna, as we come together this morning for a baby dedication, God's done a new thing in your life. <laughs> a wonderful thing. And you just look on these two pews here, family, that have come to celebrate this new thing with you. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I like that. Awesome responsibility, is it not? But I'm going to tell you what, just like he said in Isaiah chapter number 43, with that responsibility comes awesome opportunity. See, this little girl might grow up one day and another little girl or little boy that may not even be born yet is on the verge of doing something that would destroy her life, his life, the lives of others for generations to come. And because she's been brought up in the house of God, around the people of God, she has the information to give that person and tell them, yes, you uh, uh, are a failure. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God offers His forgiveness in that when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And she literally could change the destiny of a person, a group of people, which in turn could change the destiny of the universe. And this little girl, if we do it truthfully in front of her, could speak that which is not into that which is and let the image of God, the Logos in her, begin to develop and make an impact beyond what anything we could imagine. That's the awesome responsibility and privilege that God's laid upon you. You see, when I look at this little girl, I don't just see someone who's got on a pretty little dress, had her little teething ring up there, and saying, that preacher's crazy while she's... I see the potential to change the world. And my prayer is you do too because God wants to do a new thing.